I feel very vindicated this week. Do you know why? Um, I will say because you finally had your first communion. No, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. So why um, is it? It is because you mocked me relentlessly for saying that the coffee from the beginning of the coffee pot brew cycle was too bitter to drink and then I only want it once the pot is done brewing and you claimed it was all in my head and I was making things up and I was crazy and then this week you drank coffee from the beginning of the brew cycle and what happened? So I will tell you that and this is I'm reluctant to do it that I, I assume this is one of the things one of the things about you that was just a, a, a fact of life because you're crazy <clears throat> not just because um, because you're a woman, but because you're Alice, and I thought that you come with certain upsides and downsides. You downsides. thought I had mental health baggage due to my preferences in coffee. Exactly, and like there's good things about you that you make deviled eggs in bulk, and then and then broken things about you that you make cookies like <laughs> in 5, bulk, also in bulk at a time. I yes. make everything in bulk. That actually. That's a coming from a big family thing. I fully believe this, that people who come from big families, I mean, maybe not everyone, but I know for me, it's coming from a big family. Like I always just make things in huge quantities. I always at least double a recipe. I never just make the amount that it says in the recipe. I'm physically incapable of it. I so I thought that you saying you didn't want the coffee when it wasn't done was you being passive aggressive. At <laughs> no, it wasn't, though. It actually tastes bitter at the beginning of the pot. But I tried it, and you're right. It does. It's absolutely bitter at the beginning. I it's never realized this. <clears throat> it's undrinkable. It's completely, it's like not useful and then it's terrible in the middle i had no idea so but then also by extension that must mean that if you drink the coffee from the beginning before it's done brewing that the rest of your coffee pot must be weaker yeah probably because you're missing all that strongest brew part from the beginning of the cycle yes and that's like my pleasure is if people listen to this this is my awaken 180 uh weight loss uh Pitcher, shaker bottle shaker bottle thing and it's got in it like a powder a protein powder or whatever and which is delicious in coffee and it's the it, like the first bit of joy i have during the day it's my absolute pleasure right i love it so i had no idea that that was true and so how did you possibly know that because i've tried to make myself coffee and poured it from the beginning of the pot and it tasted really bitter so then I didn't do that anymore. So when she says the beginning of the pot, it, she means that when it's just dripping in there and you take it off the thing and you, some yeah. sizzles down. You start the coffee and you drink coffee before the pot is done brewing. Maybe not all coffee makers are like that. Maybe just this one. Because I didn't experience that before in my life either. But we also, I think, being in a household where we have a lot of kids, we both drink a lot of coffee, typically. And so... Maybe I wasn't in my life prior to this as desperately needing to make new pots of coffee and wanting to drink them right away. Yeah, I, I could see how that would be. Yeah. And, and it, obviously, since you've been hitting Diet Coke instead of coffee recently. Mm -hmm. Diet I Pepsi. Have, Diet Pepsi, right. I've had the coffee to myself and 
it, it takes longer. I mean, you drink a lot of coffee. I can tell because these pictures <laughs> last. These crafts last <laughs> me do. like three days now. I do. I can I'm. You know how we read the article about the caffeine addiction. I am highly, highly caffeine tolerant. So like, let's, I, I, I need to drink else. caffeine just to get to like a baseline of how normal people feel not tired. I want to discuss this. Okay. So I learned in 1993 from a young lady who named Nancy Hamilton that there is pleasure in coffee. I had no idea before that. Mm-hmm. But she said, no, you go in and you get a medium regular with a straw because she had perfect teeth. So she didn't want to have her dentist told her to get a use a straw so that the coffee would bypass your teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also know not just your teeth. It also then you don't mess up your lipstick, get lipstick all over the like coffee. That makes sense. Thing. And so yeah. so in yeah. and, and she would get a brand muffin, too, because you were supposed to in 1993 have a brand muffin because everything muffiny was healthy for you. Right. That was the going uh that was yeah. the going spirit at A the bunch time. of sugar and carbs was supposed to be the best thing for you to start the day. Right. As a matter of fact, I remember one time talking to a guy. Uh, a few of us were having our Dunkin' Donuts by medium regular, which I mm-hmm. had because Nancy told me to. And um us eating muffins and him saying, Why do you guys always have muffins? And we said, Because it's healthy for you for the beginning. And he said, You you saying having cake with sugar is healthy for you? And we were like, huh, you apparently haven't read Time magazine. <laughs> But anyway, so Nancy would get her medium regular. So a medium regular is, by the way, that's a that's a northeast thing. If you ask for a medium regular in Chicago, they don't know what you mean. Right. So that's a medium um, with cream and about six pounds of sugar, really. Yeah, it's a nice uh, light sugary coffee. Right. So my question to you is this, and I used to get it; and it was delightful. So I got kind of hooked on coffee because I was having this liquidy dessert in the morning. But I didn't need to have coffee. But it was there, and it was mm-hmm. something I got hooked on. So now is coffee, one, is it the drug or the pleasure? So back then, I think it, it was the pleasure. Now for, for me, and I think for us, we would inject it if we needed to. It's- oh, yeah. I mean, but I think caffeine is such an obviously beneficial drug with so little potential downside that, like, there's... There's almost no reason to not drink as much coffee as you want to drink. Really? I think. So now I there's, mean, been, like, there's been I new, there's... The people were saying it was a diuretic. Now people say this year there was a news item that came out. Diuretic as in it, it sucks away at... Um, water. Right. But now people say that considering there's so much water in coffee that it's actually hydrating. That's the latest thing. So, I mean, I don't know the latest well, thing. Yeah, I, I, I believed in the brand muffin theory at one time, too. That's And we talked about this a little before. I forget if we talked about it on this show or not. Or I know we did, actually, because we talked about the Poland spring water. Now people didn't used to drink water. They just used to drink mm-hmm. beer. And that, um, you know, the belief definitely was that drinking beer all day was hydrating. And to an extent, maybe was it? I mean... At, it's made of water mostly, like right? right, with other stuff in it. Right, it's so, water and and some uh, wheat and some other plants and some poison. Well, I yeah, I guess, but yeah, the, which we love. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also like coffee, um, alcohol can also be great to start your day with. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think this kind of deserves a show of its own, Alice. 
<laughs> but okay, but there is a place in the world <laughs> for the brunch, for the brunch cocktail. Do we agree? Uh, brunch, the say, brunch cocktail. I'd say we agree. <laughs> the brunch cocktail is not necessarily the. <laughs> In the morning, finding the three-fourths finished truly <laughs> before throwing it in the recycling, whacking it out. But it can be, I guess. <laughs> well, The brunch you... cocktail is a magical thing because, and this is, is a magical thing because it can open up possibilities for the day that you didn't know were there beforehand. <laughs> it's also a terrible thing. It can thing. also close a lot of doors for the oh, day. Yes. That you Productivity were... <laughs> is... Yes, is battening up the hatches and going home at that point. Yes, but um, we are fans of the brunch cocktail in this house. Obviously, not me right now because I'm pregnant. But I like to live vicariously through Tom when I can't drink brunch cocktails. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, there's very little better than a beautiful Bloody Mary. I mean, it's it's just lovely. Yeah, especially... although I like the fruity ones too. Like I like mimosas and is the grapefruit a greyhound? Is that what that is? Well, although yes, but and I don't know that it's a brunch cocktail. But yeah, yes, that's a morning mimosa cocktail. Is certainly an eye opener. They call it. Yeah. Or uh, um, but the and then a few years ago at Easter. Yeah. I like to theme my holidays with like a flavor or a fruit. So some, which I know I'm a psycho, but like I like to have like Christmas be orange themed, and I'll make like orange rolls for the morning and have like I don't know that I oranges. Knew this. I know I don't tell you all That's my good. <laughs> all my things, but one year for Easter, I was in on in kind of like a pineapple mood, so we had pineapple brunch cocktails mm -hmm. after church for Easter. And our kids nicknamed them the Easter Peaster. So they were drinking virgin Easter Peasters. And we were drinking uh, fortified Easter Peasters for Easter. <laughs> fortified. <laughs> Such classy. What a classy. But couple. anyway, um, this is one I hadn't heard of that I guess is getting trendy. Have you heard of a red snapper? I've heard of the hot dog from Maine from my friend Steve Robinson, who really? maybe might join us at the Poland Springs Resort. Well, that would be fun. Um, but a red snapper is, I think this is something that you would actually really like. I think you should try it. Let me guess. If it's red, that means tomato juice. Yes. Okay. So it's like a Bloody Mary, but the vodka, a key ingredient, is substituted with something else. Uh, gin? Yeah. Really? The red snapper, a gin and morning tomato and you can do all the same things you can do like spicy you can do horseradish you can do celery like all the normal stuff mm. in it like you would do in a bloody mary but apparently that's like trendy a red maybe snapper. we'll get one at the uh, uh poland spring resort maybe so so who which poland spring makes actually makes gin or made gin so i'm glad you mentioned that because recently i've been getting into um mixing i've been getting into chalada which is a, a brunch cocktail. So it's that brunch. It's the beer. It's a Modelo. beer cocktail. Modelo and tomato juice or clamato mm -hmm. juice, depending on where you are. And that's delicious. It's a weird taste. And I, I gave it to my brother um, a few days ago. And he was like, nope. Not gonna <laughs> do it. And I understand that. Because when you're messing with tomato juices it, with other things, then you can get a you can hit a wall. Just definitely. the word clamato scares me. Yeah, yeah, clamato juice, my brother and I, in our 20s and 30s. I can't, tried I've never to, tried it, I'm too afraid. We tried to like, but it was just, uh, it, it took, 
you know there's that residue that's in the bottom of the recycle bin it was, <laughs> it was yeah it's kind of like I that. mean there is a lot of good food that um the like smell and taste could also be really terrible in a different context yeah Limburger cheese yeah there I mean and obviously your clam sauce concoctions that oh, you make with, had that in when you nine have, months when you have clam sauce and it's parmesan the best thing cheese in the world. and crushed red pepper Progresso that makes our clam kitchen sauce even smell. two of them extra clams you can add with about a cup and a half of uh of the manufactured the crappy it smells uh, like sea life died in our kitchen the I next know it's morning so good, I though. hate oh, it so, it's so much good. Oh. so yeah so I mean that is a fine line between disgusting smells and tastes and ones that you love and are delicious so i mean like i get it but yeah i've never tried clamato juice because i'm just i'm not yeah there but um on that note i actually wanted to address this because i know that um you haven't had that in a long time you've been in total um you've been dry yes i've been dry from clam sauce Mm -hmm. um but this is a story from cnn this month uh why food addiction uh, why a food addiction many Americans say they struggle with is one experts can't agree on. About one in eight Americans over 50 struggle with an unhealthy relationship with processed food that goes well beyond the occasional binge or midnight snack. Known as food addiction, the condition isn't limited to older adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, previous food addiction data had it centered around the young to middle-aged adults up to 50. And results have been similar for younger age groups uh, that about 14% of adults and 12% of children meet the criteria for food addiction. The symptoms resemble typical signs of addiction, intense cravings, inability to cut down on highly processed foods, also known as junk food or comfort food, despite negative consequences, signs of withdrawal and a loss of control (laughs) over intake. People might also do inconvenient or harmful things to satiate their urges. I care about this work so much because I talk to people and they say, I know I'm killing myself. I know I have unmanaged type 2 diabetes, but the pull of the donut is so strong. I will drive 40 minutes out of my way, even though we have food at home. And I will go eat a dozen of those, even though I could go into diabetic shock, says Gearhart, who's an associate mm. professor of psychology at the University of Michigan. Uh, despite its prevalence, food addiction hasn't been officially recognized as a real addiction in the DSM. The body of research on food addiction has only recently gotten to the point where it can support a proposal to be for inclusion in the DSM. Um, health providers can't diagnose someone with it, but as the research in this area continues, some medical professionals and nutritionists have come to acknowledge the condition and the need to address it. People who are reporting this addiction to highly processed foods are suffering. Most people seeking treatment for food addiction are probably diagnosed with binge eating disorder because that's the closest thing we have. But the type of treatment that would be offered is different because not everyone who reports food addiction is binging and the neurology are not the same. Mm. The criteria for defining food addiction revolves specifically around highly processed food and how the brain responds to consumption. It's not so much that the sugar or the carbs themselves are addictive, but how they are being delivered in ultra processed foods that have compounds, chemicals and ingredients that are not natural. The actual chemical pathway of what's happening is the opening up of the reward systems. You eat the food. You get an increase in dopamine, serotonin. You get all these increases that make you feel good. And once they go down, you start feeling bad and you need more. The change in the brain function resembles addictions to morphine, nicotine, or alcohol, says a neuroscientist with expertise in nutrition. Ultra-processed foods make up 70% of packaged foods in the U.S. and account for 60% of calories consumed by Americans. Living with food addiction, says this heading. 
Not everyone who eats highly processed food develops an addictive relationship. A person's brain chemistry can play a role as well as a family history of problematic or addictive relationships with substances. Mm -hmm. Those who are food insecure are more likely to choose highly processed foods, especially if it's all they have access to, making them more at risk. Uh, and some people with food addiction graze on highly processed foods over the course of the day while others binge and then feel gross or sluggish and say they'll never do it again. When people try and cut down, they experience withdrawal symptoms such as irritability, agitation, and low energy. And people report over time eating more and more of the foods to get the same level of enjoyment that they used to get in the past. I totally, totally agree and relate. Totally. I think there's another part of it, too, that is not mentioned there. But the and this was... This is something that a friend of mine who also who has the same thing with spaghetti and clam sauce that I have, and this mm -hmm. is a woman, said. Now I'm gonna go somewhere dark here. Okay. But her contention was that there is <clears throat> satisfaction with one's movement the next day. After eating a ton of the processed stuff with a ton of hot stuff in it, etc. Oh. And I think there is something to that. Now, it's a world I'm not... We don't have to get into it today, mm -hmm. but... This podcast is turning a corner. No, 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 no. I think that there's something something to that. But with the food addiction thing, mm -hmm. I definitely... I think there's that's absolutely personality-driven. Um, and I've been food addicted to two things. In my life. Mm -hmm. Well, three things. Nacho cheese, because it's, it's processed cheese. Yeah. Always got me since Fenway Park in 1982. And then my friend, Jay, introduced me to Velveeta and how to manipulate Velveeta mac and cheese in ways that are incredible. And that thing just spoke to me. So I would eat that when not hungry, just for the pleasure of it. Right. And then uh, my mother used to make the spaghetti and clam sauce with a whole, like, egregious amounts of crushed pepper and cheese that I'd never seen before. And I, it was, I was like in my 20s when I saw her make them. I was like, what? It's incredible. You, it's that hot? So so these are things that one reason or another just took. But I do agree that if you look at like my 600-pound six, life, yeah, I resent them for the crap they eat. It's like you're having, you're having White Castle sliders and getting fat on that? What a waste. That sucks. And those people, I think, are doing something different. I think I'm getting, or, uh, you know, when I was doing, hitting the clam, linguine, stuff like that. Yep. I was getting high for a moment. I think that's different than somebody who pounds down something that just is okay. I think it is. But people can be addicted to all <laughs> kinds of things. And some things you think are just okay that are actually really good, like gummy candies. Well, no, those suck. Those are terrible. <laughs> no, but I mean, like... I could eat a lot of those in one sitting. Uh, yes, but you don't. Yeah, because you you're broken. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's funny the way things go. When like when you're a younger man, and you go out for the night, you're food addicted, but you're also sex addicted. So if you're going to have sex and you act like somebody else, if you happen to hook up. You act like somebody else and don't show your real self. And then that's the way you top off your evening. Or maybe you top off your evening by topping off your evening with Jägermeister or whatever. Or you top off your evening by topping off your evening with um, 100 Buzzy's Roast Beef subs. 
mm-hmm. you know? But it's all, all three of them are psychological because you don't need the subs if you have the girl and you don't need the booze if you have the subs. And I mm-hmm. think that this is just, a, it's gluttony addiction. It's what happens when you're in a country at peacetime and you can have everything. Oh, yeah, totally. And and all those addictions, like they say, like all those things open the same pleasure pathways in the brain where you can right. have this like high of getting what you want and it being so good and then like needing more of it right. in order to keep the feeling going. Right. And I think that that's why like we talk about sriracha is why, why in my lifetime I would just eat stuff so that I could have sriracha. I was not hungry. I mm-hmm. wanted the 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 hit of sriracha and had nothing to do with hunger it's like i wonder actually how much for people food does have to do with hunger how often are you hungry like yesterday i was hungry but i walked 10 miles so i was i came back and i was hungry as hell like that was my body saying we need some stuff now oh yeah i rarely get that rarely like i haven't i think in my 30s i was hungry maybe three times in my all of those years and your body you know, it doesn't take it. When you're eating potato chips, you can continue to want to eat the potato chips for a long time through a lot of potato chips. Whereas a Perfect. lot of stuff, if you are like having a salad with like yummy olive oil on it, or this is something we learned when we did a week in 180, like when you're having a soup or whatever. Like, throw olive oil in it. Like, fill it up with those healthy fats. Because it really does actually make you full. Yeah. No, to be I... having stuff like avocados and olive oil and things. like you, And, yeah, it's calories. But that stuff isn't... It fills you up in a way that those... What they're talking about, those processed foods that make up 60% of an American diet, do not fill you up in that way. Totally agree. But but you have but you, it takes a little bit to get into. And, you know, I've had to re-get into it this week because you get out of it. And, like, I didn't go back to the clam sauce or any of that. I, could, I, I couldn't imagine buying a can of clam sauce at this point. Like, it would be... I, I'd sooner probably buy heroin. But, but you have to get your mind back into it, you know? And so... Like with the awakened stuff, with the with the awakened stuff, like the idea of a tomato was sexy. Yeah, you know? a chicken breast that had been marinating or was rubbed was lovely mm-hmm. because you're so satiated, sated uh, already with um, like all the avocado oil and all the vegetables, etc. That it really nulls, dulls these other cravings that are just. Um, they're just cravings. It's not. Yeah, they're lust. You're not really being hungry, right? Right. Exactly. You know? And it's so interesting. And yeah, like, I, I'm a big salad person anyway. Like, I love. I make it in bulk, obviously. Yes. I make a huge thing of salad, and then I put it. You do some kick-ass salads, though. Let the record show. I here. do like salads. It's not and- stupid salads with 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 the, like the worst kind of, like uh, elitist lettuce, etc. Yeah. These are yummy. Well. First of all, I like salads chopped up pretty small because I don't like mm-hmm. like big pieces of lettuce that I have to fold over or anything. Like I don't want like a big vegetable that I have to cut up in my salad. I think a wedge salad is way too much work. It makes me angry. Um, okay, I think there's a place for a wedge salad, um, but I get you. I mean, but you could chop it up and just eat it in a bowl, right? I have a soft spot for the wedge salad because in 1988, when I was uh, a ship's photographer... And mm-hmm. we used to dine in the officer's cabin with the Greeks. They would have a wedge salad with uh, feta and blue cheese. 
Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I get that. Like, I love blue cheese and blue cheese dressing, mm-hmm. but I, I don't like things to be a lot of work. I like them to already be like small pieces so that I can eat them. So I'll make a huge salad. And my life also changed when I learned that you should season salads. So I always put salt and pepper on my mm. salad before I even dress it. And like then you like barely actually even need the dressing. Yeah. But usually we will throw like even just oil, like literally olive yeah. oil and your favorite vinegar. And you can like eat that and it's really good. Or yeah, you do a, yeah. as the acid sometimes lemon juice instead of... um. Well, now I'm all I'm all about. I had no idea. I never thought of putting salt in a salad or pepper. Now you're right. That's an awakened thing too. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. Yeah. But then um, I was reading like because I like to get new salad ideas and be creative. I was reading a good article that was saying, and I might get more into this. Um, like the thing to do on salad is fruit and cheese. Fruit, oh god! Like a like a f off fruit, like strawberry and feta and berries. Berries are considered pretty keto too. No, but you can put strawberries and feta on a salad. This suggests uh, blueberries and goat cheese. Goat cheese is really good in salads too. Just uh, throwing that. Obviously, Uh, they. I mean, any cheese. Once we're talking cheese and we're rocking and rolling, peaches and blue cheese. Not be afraid to throw uh, anchovies in there. This says figs too. Yeah, you know, well, Thanks. that's like a salad niçoise. Has like the anchovies, oh, a salad niçoise. What is that? It's a salad. It has like usually anchovies, little pickles. It has capers. Let me see. And like eggs, like hard boiled eggs in it. Let me see what's like typically in a salad niçoise because that's usually what it is. Salad that usually consists of olives, tomatoes, anchovies, tuna, beans, green vegetables. I'd never heard of that. Have you really? heard of that before? Yeah. You've heard of that before? Yeah. You've never said the word salad niçoise to me ever. <laughs> I think I have because I told you I like capers and sometimes people put capers in salad niçoise. Sometimes I just eat the capers what? out of the fridge. I had... I've. I, I don't know anything about salad niçoise. I didn't know anything about Russian salad either. I've been keeping things from you. Yes, you I have guess. been. That's incredible. It is salad niçoise in the Nicar dialect of the Occitan language. Occitan. Occitan language in Italian is a salad. It's a French variant. It's from the Riviera. It's from Nice. That's what niçoise means. Such an elitist. What? Jesus. <laughs> I learned about it from the Julia Child's cookbook. <laughs> anyway, that's um, that's what a salad niçoise is, but it's really good, and it, you could <laughs> totally make it like keto-ish, depending what you put in it. Um, it looks good. I, what I'm seeing here is like um, what's that called when the hard-boiled eggs are um, when the eggs are almost orange inside. Like undercooked, like they're a soft boiled egg almost. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ooh, looks good. Yeah, this says tomatoes, hard boiled eggs, niçoise, olives, anchovies, tuna, olive oil, vinaigrette. Yeah, lots of things. Uh, described as simple food for poor people. <laughs> Over time, other ingredients were added to the salad artichokes, red peppers, black olives. Isn't that fun? God, it looks gorgeous. We need some salad niçoise. All right, Alice. Uh, my goal here is to live forever, so I'm moving to a blue zone. Do you know what a blue zone is? What is that? Dateline, CNN, B 
Beans, beans, a magical longevity food? True, these tiny, unassuming morsels are filling and nutritious and as a basis of plant-based diet, good for the planet as well. But how could the family of legumes, which includes beans, peas, lentils, and chickpeas, help us live longer? In every blue zone I visited, beans and other legumes were and still are a major component of the daily diet, said author and entrepreneur Dan Butner, who has spent decades reporting on blue zones, unique communities around the globe where people live long and healthy lives up to and past 100 years. Residents of these areas share a common environment and lifestyle, including a plant-based diet that scientists believe contributed to their longevity. Blue zones have been discovered in Icaria, what the hell is that, Greece, I'm assuming this is an Icaria salad that you've been hiding from me. <laughs> Greece, Okinawa, Japan, Nicoya, which doesn't exist, Costa Rica, Loma Linda, doesn't exist, California, and the Does Italian... Does that exist? The Loma Linda, California, it might exist. And the Italian isle of, of, island of Sardinia off the coast of Italy. And Sardinia, where one of the first groups of centenarians was studied, Garbanzo... You like that, Alice, right? I know. This is one of those things where you acted like I was crazy because I said I wanted garbanzo beans and you were like furious with me when you went into the store and discovered I meant chickpeas. Right. We won the war, Alice. They're chickpeas here. <laughs> Stateside, they're chickpeas. Garbanzos are the prime ingredients of a minestrone that is usually eaten mm-hmm. at more than one meal, allowing the residents of Sardinia to get the benefits of beans at least twice a day. The recipes was given to Butner by one of the three brothers of six. Um, there are nine siblings whose collective age was 851 years. Every day of their life, they had the same exact minestrone with sourdough bread and three, a small three-ounce glass of red wine. Why beans? All members of the legume family are full of nutrients, including copper, iron, magnesium, potassium, folic acid, zinc, lysine, which is an essential amino acid, and lots of protein and fiber. Fiber rewards you with a healthy gut microbe and lower inflammation and better immune function, said Butner, noticing noting that only 5 to 10% of Americans get the fiber they need. Each type of bean has a different nutritional profile, so eating a variety of beans may be best. Uh, a duque, or the red mung bean, has more fiber than any, many other varieties, while fava beans are packed with the antioxidant lutein, black and dark and Red kidney beans are full of potassium, and chickpeas have lots of magnesium. Beans are packed with plant protein, which is healthier because it has more nutrients with fewer calories than animal protein, he said. I don't know if I believe that. I think animal protein is really important. Well, I mean, it's exciting, though. It is you exciting. Know? I like garbanzo beans. I like hummus. We have a voicemail to get to as oh, well. Oh, goodness. Oh, where is it? Hold on. Hold on. I do recall giving you the information to pull this up prior to the podcast beginning. Is that correct? It's number 1407. Yeah, I was there. I'm just going to find where it is. I had it pulled up. 1407. 1407. Oh, there it is. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Hi, folks. I just wanted to uh, respond to the All You Can Eat podcast. Um, When I worked at a Linfield liquor store in the late 80s, my boss, who had been in the business for... 30 years himself said to me that you never anticipate a drunk meaning if someone comes in every single day and buys the same thing every day cigarettes alcohol doesn't matter you let them ask you for the product so true absolutely 
Absolutely. Don't say the usual to me at the liquor store. <laughs> yes. Don't even reach. Act like it's the first time I've come in. Absolutely. Brilliant, Dr. Cheswick. Absolutely. Never just take it out because it would turn off the person. Uh, he believed that it would make them think, well, now they're on to me, so I got to go somewhere else. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, that could have been true. It's true for me when I go to a Dunkin' Donuts so often that they go, the usual, and I just go, yeah. Same here. The one yeah. in Watertown used to just start making my things, and I wanted other things, but I would just accept the thing. Yeah, you I made need me. you to pretend you've never seen me before. Correct. And then I <laughs> wind up paying the drive through. Um, but yeah, he always said that. Never anticipated drunk. Also, I just wanted I like to uh, n- let you know that Alice should probably switch to um, Gordon's uh, fish sticks for fish from now on Ooh. so that there are no bones in it. Um, and she doesn't walk around going, safer. Oh, 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 instead of her normal jovial self. Did you actually? Just some thoughts. Thank Thanks. you. Did you actually have to go to the doctor for your bones? <laughs> yes. Are you not evolved? <laughs> Seriously. I know, but it just happened to me. It's like they must have had to duck duck go the hell out of that. Like We've never had this in an adult. It's kind of, I guess. <sighs> Great call, Dr. Cheswick. Absolutely. This is the absolute uh, rule. Um, Allison Bishop, we will be having the Cincinnati Chili soon in talking to you. And we've got several pitches for um, for um, for shows and guest ideas and invites to places, etc. We'll be going to the Poland Spring Resort to really, really... Do it. It's a heaven in Maine, I call it, Alice, very shortly. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody. Anything you want to say before we say goodbye? That's, I think I covered all my topics today. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. We appreciate it, obviously, as usual. Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking you I hate nostalgia, I still think about you It's been so long, I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing and who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job and you Go to church on Sundays and barbecue on weekends out in your backyard And sometimes think about me